is Radio 3. Good morning, it's 8.03 in Hong Kong. Welcome to a new week of Money Talk on Radio 3. This is Peter Lewis with the business headlines for Monday the 22nd of August. Indonesia's President Joko Widodo confirmed Friday that Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin will attend the G20 meeting in Bali in November, despite Western pressure for the Russian leader not to be invited. The White House said Friday that Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky should take part in the summit if Vladimir Putin attends. Singapore will repeal its colonial-era law criminalising gay sex, partly in an effort to help companies attract global talent. Prime Minister Lee Hsien Lung said, I believe this is the right thing to do and something that most Singaporeans will now accept. He added, in this global contest for talent, Singapore cannot afford to be creamed off or left behind. This is an age where talent makes all the difference to a nation's success. A heatwave and drought across China have hit supply chains, including those for lithium batteries and solar panels. Tesla and China's largest automaker, SAIC, are among companies that have asked the Chinese government for help in securing electricity for their suppliers, warning that a power crunch sparked by the worst drought on record may affect production. Chinese banks may trim their benchmark loan prime rates today for the first time in several months. The one-year measure is expected to be lowered by 10 basis points to 3.6%. The five-year LPR, a reference for mortgage costs, is seen dropping 10 basis points to 4.35%. On today's Money Talk, we're joined by Alex Wong of Alex KY Wong Asset Management and Sam Favreau at Mandarin Capital. With a view from mainland China is Shanghai-based independent economist Andy Sher. Money Talk! On Wall Street Friday, U.S. stocks fell, snapping a four-week winning streak of weekly gains. The S&P 500 finished at 4,228, down 1.3% for the day and 1.2% for the week in the index's first decline in four weeks. The Dow lost 292 points, or 0.9%, to end the session at 33,707. The Dow Industrials is off 0.2% for the week. And the Nasdaq tumbled 2% to 12,705, taking its losses for the week to 2.6%. The Pan-European Stock 600 Index was down 0.8% over the week. London's FTSE 100 rose 0.7% over the five days. Hong Kong stocks ended Friday slightly higher as late bargain hunting dragged them out of negative territory. The Hang Seng Index edged up 9 points, or 0.1%, to end at 19,773, but the index was down 2% for the week. The tech index was almost unchanged Friday. The Shanghai Composite fell 0.6% to 3,258. And the results of a quarterly review of the Hang Seng Index will see four stocks added to the benchmark gauge from September the 5th, boosting its capitalization by almost 89 billion US dollars. The four new members are Baidu, Chao Tai Fook, Hangzhou Pharmaceutical and China Shuenhua Energy and they will have a combined weighting of 1.71% in the Hang Seng Index. No constituents will be moved in the latest quarterly review 
and the additions will increase the membership of the Hang Seng Index from 69 to 73. In the commodities markets, Brent crude oil settled at $96.72 a barrel, down 1.5% over the week. European natural gas soared to a new record high and US natural gas closed at its highest since 2008 after Gazprom announced a new halt to flows through the Nord Stream pipeline to Europe on August the 31st for three days. Copper, that slipped 0.3% over the week. Gold dropped 3% over the week to $1,746 an ounce. In the bond markets, the US 10-year Treasury bond yield jumped uh, nine basis points to 2.98%. That's the highest since July the 21st. In Europe, German producer prices soared by the most on record. The producer price index, regarded as a leading indicator for inflation, surged a staggering 37.2% year-on-year and 5.3% month-on-month. Germany's central bank chief Joachim Nagel warned that inflation is on course to hit a 70-year high, but the European Central Bank will need to keep raising interest rates at its meeting on September the 8th even though a recession in Germany is increasingly likely this winter. The 10-year German Bund yield surged 11 basis points to 1.22%. And the US dollar index rose 2.3% over the week in its biggest weekly gain since April 2020 and taking it to the highest level since July the 15th. The euro dropped 2.2% over the week and is at $1 and a third of a cent. The Japanese yen fell 2.6% to 137.04 versus the dollar. Sterling is down 2.5% over the five days at $1.18 and 9 Hong Kong dollars and 27 cents. The Chinese yuan fell over 1% in onshore markets. And this morning is trading at 6.83.5 in offshore markets. And Bitcoin dropped 10% on Friday and this morning is trading at $21,600. And let's take a look around Asia-Pacific stock markets as they start the new week. In Australia, the ASX 200 is down three quarters of a percent. In Japan, the Nikkei 225 has fallen 1.1% just minutes after the open. The Cosby in South Korea is down one and a quarter percent. And futures markets pointing to a loss of 250 points for the Hang Seng at the open this morning. Coming up to 8.10, let's welcome our guests we have with us, as always, on a Monday. Alex Wong, director of Alex K.Y. Wong Asset Management Company. Morning, Alex. Good morning, Alex. Hey, morning, Peter. Okay, and also with us is Sam Favre, Chief Executive Officer at Mandarin Capital. Morning to you, Sam. Morning, Peter. Um, let's start on the mainland. China's cyberspace watchdog said Friday it wants to build what it called an affectionate relationship between internet enterprises and the government. That's the latest verbal assurance to an industry which is still on edge after regulations began tightening in 2020. The Cyberspace Administration of China said it's supportive of the sector's healthy development and while implementing new rules, it wanted to create what it described as a healthy, get-to-the-top, can-do entrepreneurial atmosphere. And the powerful internet watchdog also said it supported the nation's tech firms raising funds abroad. So, Alex, what do you make of that? We've seen several times, haven't we, over the past, past few months, signs that maybe the crackdown is coming to an end, only to be disappointed when we see new reg- regulations introduced. But is the tech crackdown now over? 
No, I think、uh, the market would still be skeptical because, as you have said, we have seen several times they are they are they are talking things like that. And actually, I think they need to because、uh, we are seeing、uh, even Tencent are cutting a lot of staff. So、um, the employment situation is actually quite worrying. So I think they need to、uh, present a better environment for for tech firms. But I think、uh, people would be skeptical. So and、uh, we need to see. So I think、uh, it would not have a much boost to the market sentiment. Is ten cents a good example of just how much damage has been done to some of these large、um, tech firms? We saw last week it reported、um, its first revenue decline in history. Yeah, I think、uh, first of all, this is only not this is not only cutting staff. I think they are also、uh, cutting areas of、uh, business. So that's why I think、uh, this is a quite quite a bad example for the industry. There's sort of, I mean, some of these companies like Alibaba, like Tencent, they're almost like a shadow of their former selves now, aren't they? They're nowhere near as powerful, nowhere near as dominant. Is is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, I think、uh, we need to see a rise of another empire like them.、Uh, mm-hmm. But I think、uh, the 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 regulatory、um, framework actually、uh, a little bit prohibitive. And and actually, I think、uh, because Tencent and Alibaba has been so powerful, so that, that makes a medium-sized company quite difficult. But、um, I think uh, uh, we need to see. Um, this is not a very bad thing because uh, uh, probably opportunity will arise for for smaller firms. What, what do you think,、um, Sam? It's we may need to see another sort of empire rise, but it seems like the Chinese regulators are never going to allow that to happen again. They will never want to see a company get as big as, say, Alibaba or Tencent. I think the internet companies have been、uh, victims of a couple of things. First of all, they've been victims of their own success because they've been growing so fast, so they were becoming too big to fail. So it is understandable that at some point the regulators had to step in. But obviously, they went across the scope and very much without notice, and I think that scared the sector for a very long, very long time. But also, what's happening is what you're seeing in the industry is、uh, an industry maturing. So, the long-term cycle is coming now at the peak, plus a cyclical factor which is not、uh, positive. So, in terms of development,、uh, you will need to have some stimulus from, you know, from se- this sector itself.、Mm-hmm. So, new way to actually. Do things on the internet, innovation, which so far, even on the private market, we're not seeing much. Plus,、uh, you will have to rebuild trust, and rebuild trust on that side is going to take years. Does all this red tape, though, and swathe of regulations really dampen、uh, the, the entrepreneurial ability of companies? It's all very well for the regulators to say it wants a healthy, get-to-the-top, can-do entrepreneurial atmosphere, but that needs companies to take risks, doesn't it? To be innovative, do things differently. Well, it's not only companies; it's also shareholders who are willing to put money at risk. And you know, there's been sectors which have been completely wiped out by regulation. I mean, I'm not talking like a, a small downsize risk, the but education the education round, written down to zero. So,、mm. you know, people don't forget that very quickly. So, I said the trust build-up process is going to take years. But the European regulators have been looking at doing a similar thing. So, maybe is this the model for them? For European regulators, I think there will be a lot more. Cons- con- There will be a lot more dialogue and certainly a lot more notice,、mm. uh, so people will be able to readjust. And usually speaking, will start to have an effect before acting. And I think that's where probably the regulators went too quick. If they had, you know, mentioned what the intention would have been, they would probably work straight a lot more flexible rebalances in the sector.、Mm. Uh, 
Alex, what do you make of this need now for companies to disclose their um, algorithms that are sort of like the secret source behind their business? And the, uh, the Internet Regulator uh, published last week details of the company's algorithms. It was pretty bare-bones stuff, wasn't it? Didn't go into a lot of detail. But nevertheless, this is something pretty new and unique, isn't it, in the world? Yeah, I think that of course is not a good thing because you are you are you are disclosing a recipe to 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 the, the regulators. That is not, of course, a very bad thing for them. And what do they hope to achieve by that? Really, I I, I think they probably want to have a better control because I. Those companies actually control the big data of the whole countries. I think uh, they probably not want to understand more about um, their ability to 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 access to the other data. Do you think these regulations are going too far? I mean, I've never quite understood why, for example, every single video game that a company like Tencent releases needs to be approved individually. Wouldn't it be better to have sort of overriding regulations that, you know, maybe um, guard against, you know, abuse and, and, you know, protect minors, but without having the need to approve every single little thing that a company does? Yeah, of course. Uh, that's why the market has been so has been so bad uh, for for those companies. I think this is a, a little bit overdone uh, because, uh, as you said, this is a quite time-consuming process for for them to do business and also quite deterring. Uh, yeah. Sam, what, what do you make of this need to di- disclose algorithms? This is something unique in the world, isn't it? Because companies really guard these with their lives. Well. Uh, whether it's unique, I don't know, because who knows what are the, what is the situation with the big U.S. companies as well and uh, major ma- major agencies. Now, the fact that they have disclosed it is clearly show that they are still controlling and they want to bring more control on those companies. So, in fact, that's a bit contradictory with the assertion that said, well, we want to have a free uh, development and encourage the individual uh, entrepreneurship on those companies. Mm. I mean, does the regulator even have the ability, though, to analyse all these algorithms? They're not, they're not uh, code writers or developers, are they? So I'm, I'm wondering what the point of it is. Well, I'm sure if they want to find the resources and really want to put that to use, they will find the resources in China. So really the question is the end game and whether they want just to show that you know we have control on those companies or they want to do something with it, which, to be fair, they really wanted to, show some, to do something with it. I don't necessarily think they would have announced it. So I think it's more like a question. We want to assert control on those companies. Alex, does this CAC announcement tempt you to go back into the tech sector at all? No, no, no. I think uh, uh, right now uh, they are in the reporting seasons uh, and we got uh, Alibaba and Tencent already. They both uh, have a better than expected results, but it was actually is, uh, quite short-lived. So I think uh, sentiment remains quite bad. And uh, and also right now, uh, gold stocks are under selling pressure in, 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 the, in the world as well. So um, that would, uh, I think uh, I would take, a, take, a, take some time to see the market, how it developed. Okay. Now, central bankers are going to meet in Jackson Hole, Wyoming this week for the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City's annual economic symposium. And they're expected to discuss steps they need to take to rein in uh, rampant inflation. The summit is often used as a platform for the Fed to make big announcements on its policy staff. And Sam, at last year's Jackson Hole Summit, uh, Jerome Powell famously declared that inflation was transitory and he was famously wrong as well. What do you think the message from the Fed is likely to be this year and what is the impact going to be? I think they're going to continue their message about tightening. Uh, There's been announcements left and right that they will continue until it gets under control. 
And really, they don't have the choice because there has been some softening, but uh, inflation expectation is a long-term process. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's a global process, so the Fed is not fighting that only for the U.S. market. They have to coordinate with other countries. And when you look at Europe, which are which are hitting multi-decades high, and you have inflation starting to uh, slip through in uh, in this part of the world as well, um, we we in this fight for several years to come. Mm. Do you think um, traders in the markets have got this wrong and they are maybe underestimating uh, the Fed's determination to stamp out inflation? Uh, Completely. I think the markets have been uh, relying on the old recipes, the 20 years recipe where, okay, uh, um, economic activity slows down. So the Fed will, you know, will lower interest rate, which is fine when when inflation expectations are in line on, you know, slow activity is creating deflation expectations. However, we're in the situation which is completely reversed. We have too much cheap money, which has been floating around for a long time. And the reality, all these central banks have been behind the curve in tightening up. And this is the primary role of a central bank, is controlling money supply. So I think the market will be extremely disappointing. And, you know, an interest rate, 10-year interest rate setting at 3% is way below the normal, the normal rate. Alex, what, what do you think? Is, is this a market-moving event? Do you think we could see something from the Fed that could have an impact on the markets? I think, uh, yes, I think, uh, I think right now we need to be a little bit prudent because uh, we are entering into winter and, and I think um, the, the inflation pressure in Europe, especially in Europe, will, will be quite high. And then China is in a lockdown situation and, and if China has actually resumed more economic activities, actually that would be a boost to commodity prices and mm-hmm. that would raise inf- in, uh, inflation expectations again. So that's why we are seeing, um, growth stock being, uh, uh, under pressure right now, even though um, the retreat in the U.S. market actually is quite mild, but uh, the retreat in gold stock actually has been quite quite big. Uh, it's almost 20% from the recent high. So um, I think uh, the market actually is already adjusting this, the expectations. I mean, many, many investors, many traders in the markets, they've really been waiting for this sort of all-clear signal that they can dive back uh, into U.S. stocks. The problem is that the data has been very muddled, isn't it, recently, about where we are on inflation, whether we're peaking or not. And of course, we've got more reports before the Fed meets. We've got another inflation report, um, another employment report still to come. No, I think uh, they, they would uh, take the signals from the commodity market more because uh, last time um, the retreat in commodity prices actually is, uh, is well ahead of uh, those uh, data. So I think uh, people would look at that more. And right now, uh, people probably would have, we are just their portfolio because uh, uh, actually Warren Buffett buying of uh, Occidental Petroleum actually is a booster to, to, to the sentiment of the uh, oil sectors. So yeah. I think that they probably will switch back to food and oil and then uh, coming out uh, from those uh, gold stocks. We also really need to see a new round of uh, rotation and that would make the S&P a little bit resilient. But I think uh, the pressure actually is uh, for some more downward uh, corrections. Um, Sam, um, we've had shocking um, inflation data out of Germany, the PPI data, what was it, 37%. Uh, inflation in the UK is over 10%. Um, now, it, it doesn't seem that it's getting under control despite all these rate rises. Well, yeah, but the rate rises are, to be fair, minor compared to uh, what they are, I mean, what they should be for taming these kind of numbers of inflation. And the problem is those numbers are showing that inflation has slipped through the whole, pr- the whole chain. It's not, it's not only commodity prices, which now have 
reasonably stabilized compared to the shock we originally had. But now you have pressure everywhere from um, asset prices, from uh, labor, labor wages. So it's across the chain. Plus you still have supply side disruption. So there is no other way than to, to create a slowdown to some extent for this inflation expectation to, to diminish. And the rates will rise a lot higher. A slowdown or is it going to be a recession? Well, depends how they manage. I think they will have to re- re- to raise rates to the level that it will create a recession. I don't think mm. they have a choice. And mm. to be fair, the mandate of a central bank is to control money supply, not to manage recession. Alex, what about uh, China? We've seen a lot of disappointments, haven't we, in recent months? We've seen in foreign investors now withdrawing money for chi- from Chinese markets for five consecutive months. If you look at the MSCI China index, it's down about 12% now this quarter, uh, whereas the global index is up about 8%. So it's a huge, huge um, underperformance now that we're, that we're seeing. Um, what do you make of that? Is that going to come to an end? I don't think so. I think uh, China problem is in the housing market, and that is a huge slowdown. So um, I think uh, people would, would would look at that closely, and and I and I don't think that they would come back that easily because uh, this uh, this problem in the housing market actually is quite huge, and and this is uh, actually related to many activities and like the banking sectors and also the insurance sectors. So um, all the macro-related sectors actually would be under pressure. So that's why I think China would be our favor for quite some time. Okay, thank you very much. That's Alex Wong, Director of Alex KY Wong Asset Management, and Sam Favre, who's Chief Executive Officer at Mandarin Capital. 5, 6, 7 a.m. Radio 3. Welcome to the Common Room with Alison Howe, where you find inspiration. We're the founding members of a student-led organization aiming to raise awareness of impoverished communities around the world. Career Insight. Hi, my name is Emmy Wong and I'm a YouTube content creator based in Hong Kong. And plenty of entertainment. Hey guys, Taylor here. Alright, I'm Young Blood. Hey, this is Lady Gaga. Hey, this is Jolipa. Hey Hong Kong, this is Ed Sheeran and stay tuned to Alison Howe. Come and hang out with us in the Common Room. Weeknights at 9 on RTHK Time's coming up to 8.25. On the phone from Shanghai is Independence Economist Andy Sher. Morning, Andy. Good morning, Peter. Um, so on top of the problems that we've had recently um, in China with the, the COVID lockdowns, there's now um, a devastating heat wave going on and a drought as well. What, what sort of extra pressures is this adding to the Chinese economy? Uh, obviously, the, the one is uh, people uh, he, are hearing about electricity uh, 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 shortage. Uh, household demand for, for cooling uh, is really surging. Uh, it's probably close to 30 uh, percent and uh, obviously uh, if, if the water level drops uh, the hydropower will, will, will go down and it's been close to 20 percent of the total production so uh, in, uh, in some areas we see that the factories have to stop to give uh, to uh, save electricity for household cooling Mm. So that 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 is a hit on the on the industry. So there there's certain provinces like Sichuan province that's basically prioritizing households over industry. So um, whole factories have had to shut down in effect. Yeah, well, the, along the whole Yangtze Valley, actually, from Hunan all the way to to Sichuan, it's it's uh, the, the uh, this region is very very hard. And what sort of sectors in particular um, are being affected? 
Well, over there, you know, Yangtze Valley is the main uh, industrial center of China. Uh, it's not the the two ends like uh, the, the the Guangdong or the north. It's really、mm. the Yangtze River, the valley that is the the heart of China's industry. So this is adding, obviously, to the existing problems. We've seen、uh, the economic data out of、uh, out of China last week.、Um, service sector activity was particularly bad. Retail sales were a lot worse than expected.、Um, has the recovery that we were seeing, the tentative recovery since the end of the Shanghai lockdowns, has that now、uh, come to an end? And maybe is the economy、uh, even going into reverse? Andy. Hello, Andy. Can you hear me?、Uh, well, we seem to have lost Andy for the moment. There, I don't know if you can still hear me, Andy. I tell you what, if、uh, we'll hang on that、um, for a moment, and we'll try and see、uh, if we can get Andy, Andy back on the、uh, back on the back on the line. We do have Andy Share now back on the line. Andy, I was asking you:、um, has the has the economy, has the economic recovery that we were seeing since the Shanghai lockdowns, has that now stalled out? Well, I think the recovery was pretty weak to start with. I think that that was uh, uh, contrary to what,、uh, what what the market was talking about.、Uh, obviously, you see the service sector, you you walk out. Mm. You see coffee shops, restaurants. You know that、uh, it's it's not really recovering that much.、Uh, I think that the bright spot in China has always been the export sector,、uh, and it's been driving uh, 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 manufacturing uh, and the whole economy. Really,、uh, exports are rising、uh, on very high base at a, a good pace. So, and、uh, domestically,、uh, with the,、uh, the property sector down, the service sector down. Uh, uh, frankly, I don't don't think the domestic economy is growing yet at all. So, what what's your 2022 growth forecast now for the Chinese economy? What are you expecting for the whole year? Well, the the government will announce something close to five、uh, percent, maybe between four to five. But it's hard to tell what what what,、uh, what it means because we know that、uh, the electricity consumption for the, in the industry sector is、uh, not growing、uh, mm. for the whole year. And with exports growing a lot, you know that the manufacturing for domestic consumption must be falling. So、uh, I think that、uh, it's hard, really hard to tell. And we had、um, a surprise interest rate cut、uh, last week in the medium-term lending facility, and、um, the banks could cut the loan prime rate、uh, today by about ten basis points. We saw that same thing、uh, for the MLF. Does that make much of a difference? Uh, I I really don't think so because the、uh, the the lenders have、uh, so much flexibility in terms of uh, 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 what they charge.、Mm. So ten basis point is ten basis points is really very very small. I I think it's more symbolic. The government is trying to tell people uh, that uh, it, it is trying to stimulate the economy, uh, but uh, 
there are very few tools at hand right mm. now. So uh, I, I, they're trying to boost the confidence. So what can they do to try and um, overcome the headwinds that the economy is facing at the moment? Well, China, China has always had this uh, balance problem. Uh, the, the the financial resources have been channeled into export production and infrastructure. So uh, the uh, the the rest of the economy is 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 weak. And then now we have this headwind. Uh, the whole economy is being slowed down by the zero COVID and a lot of. Uh, uh, a lot of issues with with companies. Uh, companies are worried about uh, how how they can operate. So uh, we have uh, the historical balance problem. Now we have these uh, uh, man-made uh, barriers to economic growth. So it's it's really not about uh, what the government should do. It's really about what the government should not do. So I think that it's that's the hard part to to tell government there are a lot of things they should not do. Otherwise, uh, otherwise the economy just cannot perform. Andy, thanks very much indeed. That's Shanghai-based independent economist Andy Sher. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio Three. Uh, let's take a final look at the markets for this morning. First of all, in Australia, stocks down over one percent. There, they're down about one and a quarter percent. In Japan, the Cosby in South Korea off one point two percent, and futures markets pointing to a drop of about two hundred and seventy points for the Hang Seng at the open this morning. Thank you very much for listening. Do please stay tuned to Radio 3. Coming up after the news is Back Chat with Jim Gould and Mike Rouse. The weather forecast for today, mainly fine, apart from isolated showers. Very hot during the day, with a maximum temperature of about 33 degrees in the urban areas. That very hot weather warning is back in force. It's going to be very hot tomorrow as well. And on Wednesday, temperature right now is 29 degrees, 82% relative humidity. The time's 8.32. Here's Andrew Shirosky with the half-hour news. Thank you, Peter. Hong Kong reported 6,513 COVID cases yesterday, 237 of them imported. Almost 2,000 COVID patients remain in hospital, 11 of them in intensive care. Health authorities also reported the deaths of three unvaccinated patients aged between 65 and 81. A chief manager of the hospital authority, Dr. Lao Kahin, repeated his appeal to the public to get vaccinated and to seek timely treatment. The symptoms of early COVID can be very mild or can be very non-specific. The patient may only complain feeling of tightness or decreased appetite. Sometimes the patient may have also complained about some low-grade fever, running nose, sore throat, or some difficulty in breathing. So no matter how mild the symptoms is, please go to have a test. Sometimes when the symptoms persist, even if the tests are negative, you should also go to see the doctor because sometimes there may be other causes for these kinds of symptoms. Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida has tested positive for COVID-19. An official from his office said Kishida had taken a PCR test after experiencing a mild temperature and a cough from Saturday evening. Reports in local media said he was likely to attend remotely a conference on African development next week. Japan has logged record numbers of COVID-19 cases in recent days. Singapore's Prime Minister has said the country will end its ban on sex between men, but will take steps to defend the institution of marriage as a union between a man and a woman. Lee Shenlong made the remarks in his annual National Day speech. He said the Singaporean society was becoming more accepting of gay people. The government will repeal Section 377A and decriminalize sex between men. I believe this is the right thing to do 
and something that most Singaporeans will now accept. The legal ban on sex between men, while not enforced, has been criticized by LGBT activists, although more conservative citizens support it. Mr. Lee went on to say the government would safeguard the basic family structure of marriage. Reports from Iraq say at least four bodies have been pulled from a Shia Muslim shrine near the city of Karbala after a section of cliff collapsed on the building. Earlier, a local official said several people were thought to be trapped under the rubble in the shrine. The BBC's Sebastian Usher has the details. Well, this is an operation, a rescue operation that's been going on since yesterday, right through the night. It's a difficult operation. If you see pictures of where this 